This is episode number 66 of the Paleo Women Podcast. Welcome to the Paleo Women Podcast. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. And with me is my partner in crime, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. This show is the place to be if you're a fan of moderately amusing banter and uninhibited real talk relating to health, nutrition, fitness, body image, and just about everything in between. While hanging out with us, please remember the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used in place of medical advice or treatment. Now, let's have some fun. So I find it really interesting how we literally go from being like, hey, what's up, da 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 to like, this is definitely... <laughs> when Noelle like, and I hey, first what's get going on, on, guys. We're like, yeah. ugh. It's like a transition. We're like, oh my gosh, this is happening to me. And oh my gosh, this is happening to me. <laughs> and then we're like, yeah. There are so <laughs> many things happening in my life right now giving me anxiety. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's been a rough week. Yeah, it's been a rough week. <laughs> it's for so many reasons. That I, I don't, for me, it's not going to get much better <laughs> for, for a long time. But life is good and we are moving forward. Talk to me about your situation. How are you doing and how is life improving, hopefully, for you? It's <laughs> like improving. Um, oh, God, there are a few things I could talk about. So I was supposed to go to Paris tomorrow for the weekend. And one <laughs> of my best friends from home is surprised coming out to visit me next week. And I was like, wow, that's great. That's really great. But uh, the timing. And I also, oh, I told you all last week about my uh, migraine. And it actually, it persisted for a long time, longer than any of my headaches ever have. The pain of the headache went away, but the uh, disorientation and inability to focus my eyes and uh, I just, I can't really explain it. The lightheaded, dizzy vertigo-ness did not go away um, Mm. for several days and I had to change my plans last weekend and I canceled my trip to Paris because I'm... I'm okay now, but I, I'm I'm feeling back in that a little bit. I'm remembering what it was like when I was wrestling with anxiety and I didn't know why and I didn't know what was wrong with me and how scary that was. And you just realize you're, you're confronted with how fragile your whole existence is, mm-hmm. you know. And even, I mean, when you suffer from physical health issues, that's a real thing, but when you struggle with mental health issues, you can feel like who you are sort of slipping away, you know? And I was feeling kind of anxious about that. I'm fine. Um, but that's happening. And I'm having some trouble with my business on the back end. And can I just say, like, when you have a boss, you could be like, hey, there's a problem. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're the boss, you have to be like, oh, my God, how do I fix this? I know. I'm so terrified. My whole life is like, it's just falling. (laughs) It's falling. And I have spent so much money in the last like month. Because I'm like, like, 
make so much money. And I called my husband <laughs> yesterday and I was like, I feel like I'm about to lose it because there are more things I need to spend money on. And recently, I need to call attention to this, but recently we had major podcast feed issues. I mean, the feed wasn't working. Like it didn't come out. Like the show comes out every Tuesday. It will not ever falter from that except when something major is going on. And the last couple of weeks, it's been like all over the place. The show is released early. It's not coming out. I, some people this aren't able to not, download. By the way, not our fault. Oh, it's driving me insane. So yeah, we're not like not scheduling it till later. And I was like, I'm just gonna, I'll pay somebody like $100 an hour just to figure out what's going on. Yes. Sure, sure enough, like you can, of course you can, of course you can pay somebody that much money. So I was just like, but I was like, I don't want to pay somebody, but I need to figure this out. So I like literally took two days. I finally ended up figuring it out and finding somebody that just gave me a call and helped me for free because... I'm a networker, but it was, but it was just like, so, you know, on top of like, I've got to fix this. Is it going to cost me a lot of money? And I'm already spending money on like 8,000 other things. Overwhelming. Also, we're adulting. Totally. You and I were uh, texting back and forth and we're like, yeah, I need to pay for this. I was like, I need to pay for this. You're like, we are so adulting right now. So, yeah. I know when your money just starts running through your fingers for necessary expenses. I know. You know like stuff like you can't get around. It's so disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's it all. That is all of the things. That's how we're doing today. <laughs> um, so podcast feed issues. Everything should be resolved now. We should be on the upward track, I think. So we record these podcasts, I think, a week or two in advance. So... It's we should always have a podcast scheduled for Tuesday morning at four AM. So, Eastern time. Yeah, Eastern time. So I think, you know, ugh, I mean, hopefully for, for the uh much into the future, that will be the the, the system. That's not gonna change. So Yeah. So And if and if you can't find it, if for some reason it's not there, like just wait longer. Like <laughs> yeah. we're working on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a good. But the that was nice about the Instagram thing too, because people were like, "Uh, what's going on?" So I pulled the audience. I was like, "Can you download the episode?" Oh, nice. Yeah, that was really helpful. Um, you probably haven't looked at our Instagram account in a while, but we have a thousand <laughs> followers now on our on our Paleo Women Podcast Instagram account. So, da -na -na. yay, yeah. So that's kind of where all the community hangs out. I'm really excited about it. It's fun to interact with everybody there. Especially about the questions and stuff. All of our special things, our banter, our, our whatever, whatever. <laughs> to be clear, there is nothing special about being narcissists for the first twelve minutes of this show. <laughs> oh, actually, the um, a couple a couple episodes ago, we talked about lightly brushed upon philosophy, and people really enjoyed it. So. You know. Well, he, well, there you go, because you've been hating on me for it all along. I have not. All right, well, not. Steffi's Corner, <laughs> every week, <laughs> we'll touch in with my dissertation progress. A new special edition. A new special oh, my goodness. Edition. We should just do a special, yeah. 67. I am, I have stumbled into, like, a reinvigorated passion for my work, and I'm loving it, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm super excited. So, yeah, we could talk about it anytime. Really? Yeah. That's good. Are you coming up to the end of the year, sort of, with your, like, is this, is, it, is that how yeah. it works in, in college? <laughs> college. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, 
I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. So at the end of every year in my department at the University of Oxford, in which I am a PhD student, Noel, <laughs> yeah, you you have to de- defend what you're what you're doing and prove to them that you deserve to stay another year. And I have to do that. But my supervisor thinks I'm going to do great because I wrote an amazing paper and ta-da. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So your supervisor, is that another PhD student or is this actually a professor? Oh, yeah. No, he's a, um, yeah, he's a professor. Got it. Cool. Well, that's good. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I know it's a big deal. In, yep. in college. <laughs> um. Another quick announcement real quick before we get into questions. NTA, the fall classes, launching June 1st. They have let me know that they are working on trying to get a couple new locations, so it may not be exactly registration available on June 1st. So if you have any issues or you have issues and you go to, like, register June 1st because you're so excited, don't blame you. Uh, and you can't register, give it a few days. Again, <laughs> hey, if it's not working – Give it just some time. It'll work. Uh, but they wanted me to let everybody know that. So that's exciting. New stuff. Uh, but it may not be exactly on June 1st. But cross our fingers, it will be. Because I'd love to um, have that be a nice big launch day and, and see how many people do get to register for it. So cool things. Um, cool. Any? Uh, we have a lot of good questions today. One of them is more philosophical. So I'm pretty excited about that. Are there any... <laughs> Do you mean philosophical? <laughs> Actually, no, no, it's not philosophical. But okay. there is a picture of a sloth below that you might scroll and find that has to do with the first question. <laughs> so it's it's a good day. It's a great day over here at the Paley Women Podcast. <laughs> um, any uh, special announcements about Paleo for Women? When are you getting your books out? I know you're working on a program. About no, acne. it's not my fault because I'm working with somebody and she needs to pick up the slack. <laughs> it's not me, I by the way. I hope she's listening right now. She's definitely not. No. But she's got other things to do. Um, I am I'm speedy on the return on the turnaround time and uh, the my collaborators aren't usually so <laughs> now she is talking about me. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I have a program on acne coming out probably sometime in the next like three years. We'll see. <laughs> Great. We as well have another project that'll come out hopefully in the next few years. Uh, yeah, you know, that's legit a few years. That might have been yeah, actually. That might have been why because we were we were working on edits together and I would edit all of your stuff and you were just like, Yeah, whatever. And I think I was like, Why? And but then I realized it's probably because you have a migraine. <laughs> So it actually, uh, actually kind of worked in our favor. Maybe, but I was just like, if she wants it this way, okay. Like, <laughs> all right, Noel, like, you can have it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You, when it comes down to, like, the real stuff, then I then then we could maybe fight about things, but we're good. Yeah, we'll probably fight a few times as projects. I've actually never really fought with anybody about anything my whole life. Yeah, you're a pretty agreeable person. Yeah, that's well, why I was like, hey, as long as you know how, how I am, you're like, yeah, I was just like, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, well, see, that's not me. So as long as you know that, then. Well, well I have I have to be like, whatever, if you're going to be a control freak. <laughs> I'm just doing what needs to be done. <laughs> it's going to be great. I know. I know. I'm excited. Moving on into questions. Are you ready for so ready. the awesomeness of the sloths? <laughs> I and can't all, even. All that is to come. Here we go. <laughs> 
The Nutritional Therapy Association is a holistic online nutrition education provider that certifies individuals to practice nutritional therapy. Two years ago, I went through the NTA's nine-month program and feel it was one of the best career decisions I've ever made. There are two main courses, the Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program and the Nutritional Therapy Consultant Program, open for registration June 1st. To register for the course, simply head over to nutritionaltherapy.com to download the registration forms. And when you apply, you'll receive a $100 check on us to put towards any supplies you need when you write in Paleo Women Podcast in the referral section on your application. To find out more information about the NTA's programs and how you can start pursuing a job you love, head over to nutritionaltherapy.com and check the show notes for more information. Question number one is from Clara. Hi, Noel and Stephanie. My question has to do with breast soreness. I was on birth control, Yasmin, and then the ring from age 19 to 30, and in the past year, I've been off of it. I started regular cycles three months after getting off of the pill and have for the first year of being off the pill, things were going fine. But for the last few cycles, I've had really bad PMS symptoms that occur 10 days or so before my period, dull ache in my abdomen, digestive issues, and worst of all, extremely painful breasts. All night, it is hard to sleep. I actually dream of my pain, dreams about corsets crushing my chest that I can't loosen. I know it is hormones causing this, but I don't know what to do. I haven't changed anything too much in the past few months, except I have been drinking slightly more coffee, an occasional espresso shot after work, and I have been a bit more stressed at work the past few months. Everyone talks about balancing hormones. How do you do that? I eat whole, nutritious foods and hardly ever eat out. I sleep eight to nine hours, and I exercise, walk five to seven miles a day, yoga one time a week run two times a week, workout videos two times a week. As far as supplements, I take vitamin D, turmeric, and uh, don't know, was that Rodila? For energy and focus on work days. Interesting. And I add maca, is that how you say it, Steph? Maca, yeah. Oh, well, no, I was talking about the, have, if you've heard of the Rodiola. Uh, no. <laughs> Google. Um, <and laughs> She's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I add maca power, powder to my smoothies on occasion because I like the taste and I hear it helps with hormone problems. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all you do. P.S. My spirit animal is a goat. They are curious, playful, and just fun to be around. I aspire to be like the goat. I made a collage of what would happen if all of our spirit animals were friends. It is attached. Enjoy. <laughs> so the picture is, we'll put it in the show notes. It's a picture of a sheep cuddling with a goat, <laughs> and then she's, like, superimposed a sloth on a branch with a leaf kind of, like, coming out of its mouth, and it says, wake up, guys, it's time to go dancing. <laughs> yeah, if you want your question to get answered, that's a really good way Just, to do it. Yeah, make a sloth collage. <laughs> Very cute. So, any, did you, what did, did you come up with any results? For rhodiola? Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the rhodiola. Stop taking it. <laughs> Moving on. Really? Um, well, yeah. So um, breast tenderness, breast tenderness is a very, like, that's very clearly a hormone balance issue and is typically um, due to an excess in estrogen or progesterone <laughs> or both. Um, I'm curious as to how long you've been taking the rhodiola. 
if uh, if that coincides with when your symptoms started or roughly, then I would say that that's I just definitely it. So I Googled it, and the thing is, you know, herbs are not studied. Um, people sort of there's anecdotal evidence and people sort of guess about what that means, you know, and you can relate them to certain compounds. And some of the herbs have been studied, but very much like not, not at all compared to, you know, traditional methods in, in Western medicine. So when I, when women come to me and, and talk about herbs, I'm just like, don't, I, I, uh, I wouldn't say don't, but I always say tread very carefully, take a small amount, see how you feel because uh, we don't we don't know how they impact people, and we don't even necessarily know what their biochemistry is and how they interact with different molecules in the body. Anyway, uh, the rhodiola in the first sentence uh, that I have uh, come across is just it looks as though it has uh, hormonal effects. Um, it acts on it's it's called an adaptogen which means it acts on the adrenal glands i'd be willing to bet that in doing so it has some anti testosterone pro progesterone effects um i can't really say much else because this is the first time that i'm hearing of this but there's a lot of um effects listed here <laughs> um so I I would be I would be cautious about how how strong those effects could be and wide ranging in the body. Um, they tend rhodiola tends to um, like be like be an upper right. You said you you take it in the morning. Um, that being said, I would I would definitely try out the rhodiola. Also, vitamin D is great for you, but it does activate estrogen receptors. Um, or deactivate, uh, depending on, on what your estrogen situation is. So you could also play with your dosage there. It's possible. I have no idea what your vitamin D levels are, but if you have an excess of vitamin D, that could be problematic. That could be uh, negatively impacting your estrogen-progesterone balance. That's a very real thing. Um, yeah, I think those are the most important things. I don't think the turmeric is an issue. Uh it a lot of women take it for as an antioxidant and it is forthcoming as like the next big thing i think people are going to be like you got to take it um but i so far as i know don't know of it having hormonal effects it doesn't mean it doesn't but i don't i don't know of it um yeah that's about it i think so far as you're not really having other symptoms you know if you're not dealing with gut issues or mental health issues or a sort of anything else that you want to try and stick to like what's hormonal. And I think that this, um, this could be a part of it. Um, uh, you might also want to play with the maca as well, to be honest with you. That's another one of those things that isn't super well studied. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to pull up a list of effects right now. Um, Noel, do you have any thoughts while I'm thinking yeah, well, about <laughs> She asks about, um, you know, what are what are the ways that you can balance hormones? And I think that that sounds like what you're doing is definitely helping with that in terms of eating lots of whole foods and getting a lot of sleep. And it sounds like you're doing the yoga and the walking and, and kind of having this more de-stress attitude or you have these practices that you can incorporate in your life. I would 
say that, you know, gentle, light PMS symptoms aren't, uh, like, they aren't anything crazy or, um, like, the digestive issues, for example, I think that's relatively normal. You shouldn't have major digestive issues. But one of the things that I would recommend is incorporating some sort of probiotic or probiotic foods. So doing the sauerkraut or drinking some, like, you know, kombucha, if you can make that at home, it's really easy to do. Uh, but you didn't mention that in your supplements, and you really didn't bring attention to that. And gut health is, is a huge part of balancing hormones, as is stress, because of its effects on the adrenals and what the overproduction of cortisol, how that can throw everything off, but also the gut. And we know that the immune system is in the gut. We know that the gut, it plays a big part in detoxification and, and just kind of processing things. And that's where our, our whole microbiome exists, right, in, in the small and large intestine. So I would do everything you can to help uh, that flourish, to help um, nourish your gut, to, to improve not only uh, your microbiome, but the integrity of the gut wall. So that definitely stress relieving activities, that's important. But also <laughs> collagen, uh, you know, collagen is really important for that. The amino acids that are found in collagen are very nourishing for the gut. So vital proteins is, is a great, would be a great supplement to experiment with. And then adding in some sort of probiotic foods, doing the, the collagen, um, I think that that could help a lot. Um, uh, maca acts as an estrogen. Hmm. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, some people are wary of doing maca, um, especially if you're, if you think you may be prone to cancer, endometriosis or fibroids or any sort of estrogen uh, problematic conditions. And those are because uh, maca can exacerbate them. So, so people take it because it looks like, um, you know, the thanks, <laughs> thank you, internet. But you know, it, if you see like general kind of, this is what <laughs> maca does. It's like it helps to balance hormones and reverse hypothyroidism, and it's an endocrine adaptogen. And you know, I, it's good for energy it's, and it's, digestion it and memory and increase, stamina. Yeah, increase fertility. <laughs> like there's all these wonderful things. Yeah, and so it's like take the maca, but. Um, I, you know, you got to be careful with taking stuff like that and, and be really aware of how your body changes when you add that stuff in. And if things, adverse side effects start to happen, take it out. And, and you have to also keep in mind that some of those side effects may not be immediate. So I know that this is like the hardest part of playing with food, taking things in and out, supplements. It's like, you know, everybody's like, I took it out yesterday and, uh, you know, three hours later I was like tired. So it must, well, not necessarily. A lot of things take a lot of time. Uh, they take a couple days. They can take, uh, uh, Steph likes to, <laughs> Steph likes to remind me too that the entire, the, the woman's cycle, you know, a menstrual cycle is 30 days and for you to see how something affects you, you really actually need to keep it in a lot of for a lot of symptoms to be able to test it appropriately. Uh, you're going to need to keep it in for a full 30 days to see how a specific supplement um, affects you, especially when it comes to hormonal health. So y you may I don't know how long you've had the maca in. I don't know if you, how long you've been playing with some of these things, but it's important to really keep track of some of those symptoms. You know, introduce it for a good 30 days and then take it out and, and see how it compares, see how you feel and track those symptoms then thereafter. So, yeah. Yeah. So play with those, gut health, all the things. 
Collagen is the most abundant protein in the body and is a key constituent of all connective tissues. It provides strength and structure to bones, joints, muscles, skin, and hair, and affects our gut integrity and digestive strength. This is why we're big fans of Vital Proteins, which offers 100% pasture-raised collagen products, as well as beef liver capsules. Their most popular product, collagen peptides, can easily be added to water, smoothies, teas, and soups for supplementation, and the beef gelatin can be used to make things like homemade gummies or cookies. As a special offer for our community, Vital Proteins is offering a buy two items, get one free discount on their website, plus free shipping. To get this incredible deal, simply head over to vitalproteins.com and use promo code PWP, all caps, no spaces at checkout. Check the show notes for more details about this special deal. Question number two is from Katie. Hey, loves. Love the podcast and all the helpful info you two discuss. I'm actually currently enrolled in the NTA's NTC program, and the information becomes even more valuable because it's not only helpful to me, but my future clients. So thank you. Quick summary, she's 26. She has a wheat allergy and a dairy allergy. She follows a paleo diet occasionally with treats, participates in CrossFit and HIT five to six days a week. She says, I have a history of disordered eating and exercising, which stemmed from a collegiate track and field career ending and an introduction to the book Skinny Skinny Biatch and a semi-vegan lifestyle. That's a book, by the way. Yeah, don't judge me. I've since learned. Quickly following both instances, I dropped 30 pounds in three months and was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and lost my menstrual cycle. I also developed insomnia, horrible itchy bumps on my face and jawline, and severe anxiety. To add insult to injury, I was logging in about six to eight miles a day plus weight training. My diet consisted of 600 to 1,000 calories a day, mostly from 100-calorie oatmeal packs, popcorn, iceberg, lettuce, raw veggies, and vodka. I was also supplementing with a caffeine ephedra stack. I'm happy to say that that lifestyle is no longer. However, I feel like I'm still reaping the consequences from my absolutely horrible decisions. Since then, I've switched to a mostly paleo diet. The good, my hypothyroidism has reversed. I have normal cycles. The itchy bumps have gone away, but the acne extreme skin sensitivity still exists. And I sleep better and I'm at a healthy weight again. The bad, my body satiation is completely screwed. I could overeat 6,000 calories and my body would feel fine. My emotions run my entire body, aka I still have extreme anxiety. I often feel dizzy, can't concentrate, short slash intense breathing, especially when anxious. Bowel movements are off and my skin is up and down all the time. Pimples, scaly itchy bumps and patches and just the integrity of it is subpar. I've kind of lost hope. Like I feel like I said, I feel I totally screwed up my body and now it's confused when to eat and when to say I'm full. I feel anxious around food and have to imagine the stress of that plus whatever else is going on internally is what's contributing to my other issues like my skin and lack of concentration. She gives us a typical diet which is eggs, arugula, sweet potatoes, green apple with almond butter. Sometimes she has a sweet potato with dinner. Occasional add-ins as RX bars, Lar bars, red wine, Quest bar, rice cake. I don't drink pa- uh, coffee past 11 a.m. 
Life stuff. I work a pretty low stress job, 40 hours a week. That's not fulfilling and slightly boring. I also personal train about 10 hours a week and I'm studying for my NTC course. Would love any insight and help. Again, you guys rock and keep spitting out the healthy lady vibes. If you heard Noelle stumbling at all while she was reading that question, it's because she had to keep editing out words she wasn't allowed to say. I should have gone back and done that. Yeah. Um, no, that was great. That was okay. really great. <laughs> On the fly uh, editing. Yeah. It was great. Um, so a couple of thoughts. First, patience is really important in this. The problems and the journey, the beginning of the journey part that you described with the rapid weight loss and the exercising and whatever um, is very familiar to me. Uh, the same amount of weight, the same amount of time, uh, very similar symptoms, almost identical, in fact. So I know what that's like. And once I, you know, it took me a long time to start eating more, but once I did, it, it took me a while for the symptoms to level out. And I'm still dealing with it. For example, my skin was always a little wonky, a little bit. But then after all of the stuff with the starving and stuff, uh, I developed during that I developed some sensitivities to particular foods, and I still can't eat them without getting terrible acne, like dairy, not a chance, I get terrible acne. And I can't I can't really figure out. I may, if I wanted to, be able to very slowly reintroduce it and be able to tolerate it again, but I'm not sure, to be honest with you. And I don't know what happened there if something, the hormone receptors in my skin got very sensitive. I'm, I'm willing to bet yes. Um, and that being the case, I just, I'm sort of waiting and I'll, I'll keep testing every once in a while. So there is that. On the other hand, with the symptoms you mentioned, especially with your skin, I want to point to gut issues. You said you have a wheat allergy, not celiac, and a casein allergy. I wonder what specifically those allergies are, and maybe it is celiac, or maybe you do have some sort of underlying autoimmunity inflammation issue going on there. The scaly, irritated skin, especially if it's in places other than your face, I think is, is pointing to some sort of food intolerance issue. Um, so as to how to go about that, you may want to do like strict paleo, right? Um, and not have oatmeal, right? Um, no popcorn, right? No grains or legumes at all. No dairy. Uh, and see if that helps or an autoimmune protocol uh, if you are into that sort of thing. I know that those diets can feel and be very restrictive. And so if that won't sit well with you emotionally, I, I don't recommend doing it. Um, but I do think there's a gut thing there. So maybe some fermented foods, maybe a probiotic supplement, maybe some gelatin. <laughs> uh, gelatin's the new the cod new liver oil. Cod liver oil. Yeah. I think it is. <laughs> Um, maybe some God liver oil, uh, play with those things to see if, if they help, because I, I think that that's something that you definitely are going to want to dig into. You know, when you went through your whole, uh, vegan starving period thing, uh, not only did you deprive your body of calories, but you also, uh, didn't really give it a lot of nutrition, a lot of nutrients. And so, 
I find it possible that some conditions can like will crop up then, you know, a lot of very smart people think diet is more about what you include than what you exclude. Right. So paleo's like, Oh, no grains, no legumes, no dairy. But also like, are you eating vegetables? Are you eating greens? Are you eating nutrient dense meats? You know, all that sort of stuff is really important for keeping your immune system up and running and keeping inflammation low and making sure your organs run properly. So that being said, I find it altogether likely that you could have developed some issues and some nutrient deficiencies during that time. And it may take some time to, to get that back on track. I like what you're doing with your food right now. Um, with the anxiety and stuff, I, I think some patience is in order. There may be some underlying electrolyte or hormone imbalances but as to that, all I can say is just listen to your body as closely as you can. I firmly believe, I do firmly believe that mental health issues are physiological. And not 100% of the time, obviously, you know, I have had terrible anxiety the last couple of days uh, because of my business and not because of um, my kidneys. But... By and large, if you're dealing consistently with general anxiety or having panic attacks or any of that, I really think it's a physiological issue. And so making sure, I think, to be consuming Himalayan salt, like a pink salt or a unrefined sea salt is really important. You need to have uh, really good hydration, so water and good balance with that salt that you're taking in. Just sort of try and listen to your thirst signals. Make sure you get some salt with your water. Um, plenty of greens, right? The gut healing, like the anxiety could simply be uh, a part of this gut package. And so I would, I would pay attention to that, definitely. And sort of you know, maybe see somebody if the mental health issues become intractable, because I think that those are very, uh, very important things that we shouldn't let slide. I don't know. That's it. Your life is not stressful. So thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. So I am probably going to take this from a little bit of a different angle just because of my experience and what I see a lot with the clients that I've worked with, I, I feel like, like, I love your wins. I love that you've, your hypothyroidism has reversed and that you're, you have your normal cycles again. But there is this underlying thing that I think is actually a, playing a much bigger part in it than, than you maybe you even think. And that is just the mental emotional component of food. And I think that the fact that you, your satiation signals are off, all of that stuff is really, really normal. When you've had a history of restriction and dieting, especially with the amount of restriction that you did, you were you were burning way more uh, energy than you were taking in, and you were sending signals and messages to your body that it was starving and that it wasn't didn't have sufficient fuel, and. <laughs> We talked about this on last week's podcast, but we know from both the Minnesota starvation experiment and evidence that with clients and all that kind of stuff, we know that starvation can lead to um, 
just psychological and, and a mental and emotional disruption. So the fact that you've kind of, you're like, I, I don't know where my satiation signals are, all that kind of stuff. My feeling, what I'm getting from your diet and the foods that you're eating is that you're still kind of, you still kind of have a restrictive mentality. I don't see any flexibility in the foods that you're eating. Um, the fact that you kind of, you, quant you have like these quantities, you eat a half a sweet potato, and then you sometimes also include a carb at dinner, and then you eat a cup of this, and it's usually turkey. Like, I, I feel like you're still kind of living in this, I need to restrict myself because if I don't, I'm going to eat everything. And I think that that has not allowed you to completely heal emotionally and mentally and I know it's a super scary process, and I know that there is a lot of uncertainty there, but I do believe that that mental and emotional cycle that you're stuck in right now with the restriction and trying to kind of keep your your food intake at bay is is playing into the anxiety, and and it's it's creating stress on your body. So we've talked about this a lot before, but the the gut has a huge part in that, and you know, stress directly affects your your gut wall integrity and the the um your ability to properly digest food. So if you like a lot of people don't make this connection. We do, but we don't make this connection. What you think about and how you eat, what you're thinking about, like the state that you are in when you're eating directly affects how you digest food and the strength and integrity of your gut and the gut wall and and therefore your immune system. So how you eat, what you're thinking about, and how you exist in your day, like if you exist with this anxiety and you're eating in an anxious state, you are going to be more likely to suffer from gut wall integrity issues and, and disruptions to gut flora. And the way that people do think about this is we know that if we get nervous – or if something is scary to us or we're about to go out on stage as a ballerina, that's what I think about. You know, you, you feel butterflies in your stomach. Like that is your – that is something in your brain, something – you're perceiving your environment. It's directly affecting the processes of your body. And so like stress for the most part in my opinion and what most people experience in our modern society is a direct effect of, of our mindset and, and how we're perceiving things. It's less so the physical stress, although we do definitely see physical stress and experience physical stress in the form of sleep deprivation and overexercising and undereating. A lot of the stress we're experiencing nowadays is more the mental side of things. And that still impacts your health directly and how you digest things and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to be blunt with you. I don't think you're eating enough carbohydrate. I don't think you're eating enough food. Period. I think that your body is still drastically underfed. I would start adding in more fruit. I have a feeling that you might have a slight fear of fruit for some reason, but you're not eating any fruit. Um, you're eating green apples, which again, I think that that might be because green apples have less sugar. Um, I, and yeah, and and I'm yeah. So and I, I'm seeing you know the the turkey's great, but I would really encourage you to start eating more fatty cuts of of beef, mm -hmm. um, and, and specifically uh, beef like ground beef and that kind of stuff that has B vitamins in it, which are so important um, for mental and emotional health and and the all the nutrients that are that are in grass. I would definitely try to go for grass fed beef if you can. Um, go for more fatty fish that have omega-3s in them 
and and I would experiment with, you know, I may get razzed on for this, but like, what happens if you just eat a like something like a paleo cookie? Like, I know that you're dealing with things that you don't necessarily want to deal with. You definitely have allergies, and there's limitations that you have. But what if you still kind of were to practice eating intuitively and allowed yourself to eat some like dark chocolate chips or, you know, whatever else that are that's still sweet and treats and has sugar in it. And and you can kind of like allow yourself to have a little bit of that stuff so that you can start to get out of the mentality that that all needs to be restricted and that you can't have any of that stuff because that's kind of what my gut feeling is and and that's what I think is going on. I will say it is going to be so much easier for you if you can team up with somebody who can help you process through those things. I I just it's hard to do it alone and it's hard to see it in yourself when it's happening. It is hard to see it in yourself when it's happening. There are so many people who I know, I know that you all listen to this podcast and you're listening to me talk right now. But you can't implement the things that we're saying in your own lives. And and that sometimes just takes teaming up with somebody one-on-one and having somebody w- actually speak to you and speak to your fears and speak to your body and your life and say, this is, this is the plan. This is how we're going to help you get there. Um, because you can listen to podcasts all you want, but if you can't actually let go of some of those restrictive mentalities and really have unconditional self-love and pursue health from, from a place of self-love, um, then what's it all for? So I, I would, um, I know selfishly, I have an amazing uh, p- group of women that I work with that are on what I consider to be my quote-unquote team, and I, and I can definitely refer you to somebody that would be amazing, that is going to speak to your emotional and mental need as well as your physical need, which I think that that's what's becoming so much more popular is we, we can't just treat food issues without also treating mental and emotional issues because food is so intertwined with our emotional being and that's okay. It's okay to eat with emotion. Like we've, you know, demonized emotional eating. I can't eat with emotion. Like that's ridiculous. We're emotional beings. And so when we eat with emotion because we're happy and sad and all that kind of stuff, like that's okay. But when we use food to cover up emotions, that's the problem as a special side note. So, you know, and that's what holistic health is all about. But I would really encourage you to now start to focus on maybe, you know, okay, there are some physical things that you're going through that that need to be looked at. But first and foremost, <laughs> phase zero, <laughs> the pre-work, uh, this, that's, that's dealing with the mental and emotional stuff and really starting to build a new conversation with food and your body and your worth and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's where you need to turn now. So... Yeah, definitely. I your answer was better than mine. <laughs> I, I, I I mean I I do think that you know, gut issues need to be attended to, but I, looking at this, I was just doing a bit of math while you were talking, and that's maybe half as many calories as I eat in a day. You know the the food breakdown that that she gave us. Um, also, <laughs> two to three cups of. I love that like water's included in the meal. Oh, it's not food. Uh, two to three cups of coffee in the morning could be a big part of the anxiety. Mm. Um, so you might want to play with that too, especially on top of uh, the under eating uh, makes it less tolerable, but definitely look into that for the anxiety. Yeah. I will throw in there that 
if I ate this the way you did, if I ate the stuff, like, it's very repetitive. I don't have any problem with repetition and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like I would be drastically <laughs> uh, underfed, one, but also I I would want to eat six. I mean, I would be in a state of, like, give me all the food all the time. I would have this unsatiability because I there's just so little variety and there's little, like, I, you and maybe you're one of those types of people like me who needs to have a lot of variety and needs to allow yourself to have little bits of things here or there. Like just having turkey and a- green apples and hard-boiled eggs is not going to do it. And and I I will say, personally, I saw a massive difference in my anxiety and my mental emotional health, health when I started to include red meat. I have a history. Um, I was a vegetarian ever since I was 11. I was a vegetarian all through puberty and college and all that stuff and when I started to purchase stuff from my local farm and do the because I have a sensitivity to gluten when I started doing the grass-fed beef and started including that maybe every other day it was a I mean a drastic difference in my anxiety and my mental and emotional health yeah yeah then that I do see that a lot with a lot of other people so I you know beef yeah, iron for sure. That's iron important. Too. Yep. Eat more, guys. Eat more. Eat more. Eat all the time. Seriously, and I mean it, it's and that regulating that appetite stuff that takes it takes a long time for your for you to like start refeeding and your body to be like, yes, okay, I trust you, you know. So just eat more. When in doubt, eat more. Yeah, that's really important. It's not a process that happens overnight. The, no. your, your satiation, I promise you, your satiation will start to come back. You'll be able to, to feel fullness again and all that kind of stuff will happen again. It, you know, it's going to take some time, but you won't feel like you're an uncontrollable, you know, I could eat all the things. It's going it, to, but it, that's going to happen. It's going to get better. It's going to come around. It's just going to take some time for your body to come around and be able to trust again that it's not starving yeah question number three is from valerie dear stephanie noel i've been listening to all of your podcasts and enjoy the wealth of information and all the banter i'm 33 years old while i've never had a serious eating disorder i can say i haven't fallen subject to disordered eating sometimes i started running and weight training when i was 18 in college and in a year dropped to 18 percent body fat I became vegan when I turned 20 and subsequently gained 25 pounds as a result of turning to sugar and wheat without realizing that it wasn't all that healthy only because it was vegan. I am recovering. Um, I am a recovering alcoholic, sugaraholic, and bread lover. Fortunately, I have had a high self-esteem since the time I had a philosophical epiphany about my own self-worth when I was about 15 years old. Don't ask me how, but it stuck. Although I love being active and eating organic foods, I certainly have struggled with my body image as I tried very hard to exercise and diet to maintain my size. My addiction to alcohol, sugar, and wheat made me fall back on bad habits during certain periods of my life. In 2014, I discovered the Weston A. Price way of eating and then paleo because I was trying to read what I could do to build up health to prepare for possible pregnancy. I'm still not ready to get pregnant, but thanks to paleo, I've been feeling much more 
more healthy and balanced. I haven't touched a drink in 11 months, and I am actively making decisions to avoid dairy, wheat, and added sugars one day at a time. For your listeners who struggle like I do, I want to say you can change. Don't feel like a failure just because you have small fails on some days. Enjoy your life and realize it's longer than you think. I have been working with an integrated I think she means integrative medicine practitioner while listening to your podcast and have learned I have symptoms of lifelong leaky gut. The leaky gut may have contributed to my struggles with weight gain, acne, asthma, and seasonal allergies. The more I avoid wheat, dairy, and sugar, the more I feel like my gut, skin, and total body inflammation are healing. Interestingly enough, the more I avoid those foods, the more beautiful I have been feeling and looking in my eyes. Despite some hormonal acne that seems to linger along the underside of my jaw and flare anytime I have dairy or too much sugar, my skin has never had such a nice glow or color. The skin and tone of my body seems nicer, less dimply, and less loose the longer I eat mostly paleo and stay moderately active. My hair is thicker than ever, and my general stress reduction is more balanced and subdued than it has been. Can we talk about beauty? Do you ladies notice if lessened systemic bodily inflammation has any effect on your perceptions of beauty of yourselves? Are there any studies about the positive effects on perceived beauty with a so-called primal paleo lifestyle? How important is beauty to you lately, or has it lost some importance over the years? We are still women, and beauty maintains some importance, even if we don't believe it to be integral to our self-worth anymore. Thanks. I'd love to hear about, love to hear your thoughts. Love you. Love you, too. Love you, too, Valerie. Thank you. Can we talk about beauty? I would love to talk about beauty. Your your journey is uh, really remarkable. And thank you for saying, for sharing and for saying those inspiring things to the rest of our audience. Uh, life is sometimes longer than you think. I know I spend a lot of time despairing over how short it is. But anyway, thank you very much. And it's super exciting that you're feeling good about yourself. Are there any studies that show perceived beauty uh, more on the paleo diet? Definitely not. Uh, there's hardly any studies on the paleo diet at all. Just a few of them, and most of them have to do with insulin. <laughs> so, but what, you know, what is that? You, you said that you read Sexy by Nature, and so you know a lot of how I feel about this. Uh, for me personally, what has become more important than just shallow notion of beauty, or I guess maybe I've just become more deep in my thinking about it is that I be in harmony with my body. And this is sort of the shtick, the whole shtick of sexy by nature is about how to be in harmony with your body. And when you get on your body's side and you realize that it's fighting for you, right? It wants you to be healthy. It wants you to feel well. It wants you to feel energized when you realize that you can't be mad at it, you know, it's doing its best and we're in a cruel, hard world. And so you have to, you have to forgive your body and, and work with it and you get on your body's side and all of a sudden, maybe you can be proud of that. You know, I am really proud of being on my body's side and it's a little bit challenging because I know that we live in a world that has particular beauty standards and I am quite honestly very nervous about people loving me someday. It's very rare for me to find 
uh, people that I am interested in and who are interested back romantically. And so there's something in me that always feels like it needs to do everything as perfectly as possible just in case one day I meet somebody and like they don't love me back for some reason, right? And maybe they ascribe to our standards of beauty in America and the world at large today. And so I that does sit with me because I, I just I, I want to be able to control everything all the time, right? Don't we all? Um, but I really do think that what makes me as an individual beautiful as a whole, perhaps, is this allegiance to my body and people with who are thoughtful and open-minded and have big hearts will see that and can see that. And so screw beauty standards. And so then it becomes a question of like being beautiful to these new standards, right? Or like, do I care about being beautiful at all? Um, I have a book forthcoming (laughs) at some point called love is the new skinny. And I struggled with writing it a lot because like what do I tell women it's important to be beautiful do I not do I tell them to like get over it I don't know because we live in a society in which the way women look is important and like I there are some facts that you can't get over like if you show up for a job interview you have a better chance of getting hired if you're wearing makeup that's a fact right so uh do we sort of and just deal with that? Do we just succumb to that? Or do we actively fight it? I think you can sort of pick and choose on which occasions, you know, work better for you or don't. Um, and I think it's okay to want to be aesthetically pleasing. I think it's okay. I because uh, everybody does to some extent or another. Uh, you, we can't get over the fact that we're by and large visual creatures. We have five senses, but uh, humans rely on vision like to a much greater degree than any of the rest of them, you know, like 90%. So uh, that that's okay, but I think it needs to fall under an umbrella of um, perhaps thinking about it as being a beautiful person. Like I want to be a beautiful person and I hope that that shines through in my physical presence in the world. But I think we also need to be very aware that our physical presences in the world and, and the way that we look is about so much more than our body size. Like body size is a real thing and people are judgmental, I know. But the way that you dress, the way that you stand, whether you're smiling, whether your shoulders are relaxed and pulled back or you're hunched over and looking kind of sad and anxious. I mean, these things are huge. How friendly you are, how open you are. These things come out in the way that you present yourself to people. And sure, there are things you mentioned, like your skin may be firming up and having your hair grow in thicker. And that's, that's like, that's a nice addendum, I guess. That's something I think of as, as I, as I play with it. And I try to look like I'm being true to myself and like I'm healthy, but I don't let it be the number one priority in my life. It's sort of like the icing on the cake of me being in harmony with my body. Uh, And that's, how I navigate that. I know that there are so many different ways to do it, but what I have found is that it enables me to feel at peace with myself and to eat food and not, and not hate myself and to be in harmony with my body and to be healthy while at the same time still participating in that culture of beauty selectively 
um, and therefore be able to, you know, get hired if I go to job interviews and, um, and whatever, feel pretty when I go to the ball next week and hope that somebody falls in love with me. Not like that's the thing that would make them fall in love with me, but you know, Cinderella, (laughs) those things exist in our brains. And so I just sort of sit in the middle and try to, um, be conscientious and thoughtfully aware of them and prioritizing love for myself and for others the whole time. I don't know if that answers the question, but that's how I think about it. No, it definitely does. I I think it's an interesting thing to think about that balance of existing in society and also being influenced by society, let's be honest, of course we are. We're in, we're we, we're growing up in this in modern society, and so we are adapting to and also taking on some of those beliefs when it comes to beauty and acceptance and presence and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I do you know it's incredibly important to realize some of those fallacies and those false notions that also exist that are portrayed which is you need to be one specific way or look or shape in order to be accepted and worthy and beautiful and, and you know, fluctuations and all that kind of stuff aren't a good thing. And when you, you know, there was always this kind of like doomsday mentality. I remember in college, I was always like, oh, getting older, it's gonna, getting older is just, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna start gaining weight and I'm gonna start, um, getting wrinkles and I'm going to start. And, and of course, there's there's some truth to that. Things change as you get older. But it's not like you – that doesn't change your beauty overall and who you are and what you have to offer as a person. And I say that because I don't think the definition of beauty is just solely based on looks, right? And I don't think that – I think most other people would also say that. And it's interesting because my husband was the first person to really – bring that to my attention. Um, <laughs> vulnerable moment here. I I often say <laughs> to him, um, uh, like, if I like if I don't hear something from him, what he tells me, you know, all the wonderful things. He's very reassuring. I don't know how I have him in my life, but I do. He's very reassuring. But sometimes I just say, you know, I'll go over to him and I'm like, hey, am I pretty? Like, just kind of joking around, but also kind of not. You know what I mean? Like, I need to hear it again. Um, And he's like, no, you're not pretty. You're beautiful. And I I remember one day I just stopped and I was like, why do you say, like, why is that such a difference to you? And he's like, beautiful has much more to do than just the way you look. Pretty is, is, to him, was more of like a look thing. And beautiful is like all-encompassing, all uh, as you are as a person. And it takes into account how you treat other people, you know, and all of those things that really do uh, make a big difference in in how you are as a person and and how you interact with people and how you interact with the world. And so I think being beautiful and and one of the things I do work on with my clients is, you know, yes, absolutely. You start to feel better with your diet changes and you start to have less inflammation, all that kind of stuff. Like you have more energy, you have more glow and, and, Maybe if you can fit comfortably in your clothes, then you just have more confidence and and you're able to present yourself better and feel better and just have almost like, you know, you're you're walking on sunshine, so to speak. And so that's that's a big thing. And I think, you know, the way you feel internally is absolutely reflected in how you look externally. But you can look really good like that and be walking on sunshine and have that sort of glow and, and that wonderful um 
presence at a variety of weights. And if somebody is simply attracted to you when you're 10 or 20 or 30 pounds less than you are, and they're not, and they don't accept you at 10 or 20 or 30 pounds more than than whatever it is that you are right now, uh, they're not worth being in your life at all. Because if somebody that you're going to get into a long-term relationship with, if you do choose to marry somebody, um, is accepting you and marrying you not for <laughs> not for uh, the one thing, which is your physical, ex- physical exterior appearance, period. And if they are, it's going to be a real rocky relationship and probably will end pretty soon because both individuals' bodies are going to change. Bodies are just, you know, where we live. And I completely understand that there needs to be an attraction there and all that kind of stuff. But when I married my husband, I was not going through a really good – I wasn't in a good place. I didn't have the same kind of glow and energy and all that kind of stuff. And my weight's fluctuated, and he has – uh, would never say that oh, you're not as beautiful or whatever. And you know what? I've found that I need to be more conscious of that too because I say to him, if he's going doing a lifting protocol or something, like I, I'm, if if I come up and say to him, hey, your your chest looks bigger, your arms look bigger, or something like that, like make a comment to him. You know, he he may say thank you, or he may say, oh, that's great, and or. Oh, and and then maybe later, which is this has happened, he's come to me and says, well, I'm not working out and I don't have as much size. And I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I, I'm not telling you like, oh, you have like, he's not going to come up to me and say, oh, you look uh, really thin. I'm not going to say like, thanks. You know what I mean? Because it's to me, that's not necessarily a compliment. Um, because I think that I can quote unquote look thin and look and have look the way that I normally do or whatever and, and be beautiful and be accepted and all that kind of stuff. So I equally have to kind of practice not focusing, like giving compliments on his size. Like, oh, if you look bigger, then you look better. No, he could, he could look a variety of sizes and I would be absolutely okay with it. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that that yes, beauty is a lot of things, and it, it's definitely reflected by by internal feelings. But it's also shaped by what we choose to believe. So, you know, my perception of beauty, and it can change, right? So, like my perception of beauty a decade ago was way different than what it is now. And I think that I was beautiful before, and I think that I'm beautiful now. I actually don't think one was better than the other when I was 120 pounds and barely, you know, had any fat on my frame and also didn't have my period and all that kind of stuff. Of course, I believe, like, I look back at that person and I know internally what she was going through, but I still think that I was beautiful and I think that I'm beautiful now. And I think that that's just a reflection of of my values as a whole now as a person, which is I find beauty in all different shapes and sizes and I find beauty in all different types of people. And and really that's impacted to me by how, how people treat other people, how... Um, people are engaged with others in society and how caring they are and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think we could probably talk about this for hours. I know. (laughs) Someday we'll just keep bringing it back. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should. Beauty is a tough subject. It's a hard one. It's there's a lot to it. Not not because it's like hard, but like there's just a lot to unpack with it. So I think it's it's a great topic. 
yeah it makes it fun yeah okay that's it any special other things from you any last words no okay i I learned from the last time because you were like i do actually (laughs) have an aside (laughs) so you just never know with stephanie uh, for more from us, you can find Steffi at paleo4women.com and me, Noelle, at coconutsandkettlebells.com. We will talk to you next week.